got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah, and I've been reading all the war. Welcome to this edition of. Put that coffee down, the Freight Sales Podcast. My name's Kevin Hill here with Tim Dooner. How are you doing today, Tim? Hey, what's up? Did you forget where you were for a second? You're like, hey, you do a lot of shows. So you're like, we are on. Oh, yeah, put that coffee down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's always a, 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 a roll of the dice, what I say on, on the opening. If I get the show right, if I remember what I'm supposed to say, it is, uh, it's always an event. Yes, and hello everybody who's on LinkedIn joining us. We love having you here and just sharing this out right now, keeping in mind your comments. If you're in the comments, say hello, tell us where you're listening at. And today we're going to help you guys out. You know, we've heard about a lot of people losing their jobs, right? Where the new numbers will be out tomorrow. A lot of people we're seeing uh, in our in our own networks, myself and Kevin Hill, have lost their jobs. So a lot of you are going back to a place where where we had been. I was at only a few years ago, which was looking for a job, right? And, and avoiding all those sketchy job postings. You've seen them make a fortune from home. Choose your own hours. Unlimited earnings potential. This could be you, Kevin Hill. Don't get played, brother. I have been played, and I don't want to get played again. I don't want to see anyone out there getting played. There's some true red flags uh, out there on job postings, and it's good to identify it. Maybe you need a job, and uh, you're going to go in, but it's better to, to go in with, with both eyes wide open on, on these these marketing jobs, entry-level commission only and what do those really mean and i think both of us have enough experience and been on enough of those job interviews to be able to tell everybody what to expect and we got some folks in the comments all right trey griggs he says what's up dooner and kevin let's go chris jolly the freight coach he says let's go happy wednesday everybody andy hendrick hey guys we're ready for another put that coffee down he's an oklahoma sooner there boomer, boomer sooner, sooner. And Stan Duncan, he says, I've been played Sheena Dave. She says, hey, y'all, happy Wednesday. You know, we know who we need to say a happy Wednesday to is our new sponsor for July. It's Hubtran. Hubtran is causing an efficiency revolution in the transportation back office. Hubtran automates invoice processing, customer billing, and document management with AI and OCR technology, leaving more time for your teams to focus on what really matters, increasing your business's profitability. To learn more, visit Hubtran.com. Kevin, want to do some quotes? Let's do some quotes. All right, here's you one I got. Us up? Yeah, sure. This is one that you can do during a, a job interview. It's a, I can tell you I don't have any money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. And that is, uh, if you want to guess in the comments, one, two, three, Liam Neeson. He's uh, Brian Mills on, on Taken. I don't know if that would work. You've tried that one before? I, I haven't, but I, I think I might try it one of these days. You might. <laughs> one of these days, I, I, I might go in and, and do that. Hey, here, so, here's, oh, one, here's one to keep your head up. Here's one to keep your head up if you've been fired. And it's, it's, one, it's advice I've taken before. And uh, every time I've been fired or lost a job, I've always ended up someplace better. That's part of being resilient. But this is getting fired is nature's way of telling you that you had the wrong job in the first place. And that is from Hal Lancaster. And that's, that's very true. That's very true. Basically, there's a lot of jobs out there that you don't really have any business doing. Find what works for you, and that's the best. you want me to do the third one? Yeah, sure. 
Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and it looks like work. <laughs> and that's Mr. Thomas Edison, the king of failing. The king. the king of failures, Thomas Edison. Yeah, well. Just kept failing and failing and failing until he just he invented the light bulb. <laughs> until he invented the light You know, that's, that's life, though, right? And that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. How many guys have, it is. have had a ton of different companies or girls and it did not work out for them? It's all a learning lesson. It's all an opportunity. Every failure is just a, a way to improve yourself. And hey, what's up, Joe Wilson? He's in North Kakalaki, Wilmington. And Lisa Petty says, blessings in disguise. I agree with you, Lisa mm-hmm. Petty. No, it's not a blessing in disguise, though, is bad marketing. Today. It's today. Today, today, today. It's today. All right, this week in bad marketing. This is not even, this isn't even the company's fault, right? This is, this can happen to companies sometimes. Like we've seen when there's, there's big events mm-hmm. in the news, hot button issues, very sensitive issues, and people have like auto tweets going out and they'll put like a sale after there's, there's some sort of terrible event, not meaning to, they're just trying to jump on a trend and they have to apologize and all this stuff. Well, something happened to Jersey Mike's, right? They, someone made a fake tweet about Jersey Mike's, but given the climate of things, a lot of people believed it. And now Jersey Mike's is getting a lot of heat for, uh, from online users on Twitter because a few days ago, a, uh, a Twitter user named Yasser Lester, he said, literally, what is Jersey Mike's doing right now? And what they did is they made this fake promotion from Jersey Mike's that says, we here at Jersey Mike's are always striving for greatness with our sandwiches, but also in our community. We have listened to the larger cultural conversation have decided that effective tomorrow, July 1st, our famous BLT, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich will now be known as the BLM, bacon, lettuce, and mayo sandwich, Black Lives Matter. Kevin, um, what do you make of all this? I mean, it's not Jersey Mike's fault, but it does speak to, uh, uh, you know, the greater climate of Twitter. It really does. It's a very da- dangerous place for brands because anyone can tweet some, create something that, that looks like your brand, look, looks like your messaging, and just tweet that out. And, you know, most people, they'll, they'll take those uh, 140 characters or 280 characters, however, however many it is now, and just run with it. They won't think, they won't try to investigate, they will just run with it, and rumors spread like wildfire. Yeah, you got to be careful out there. I mean, I think that, you know, cooler heads are prevailing maybe and people are not. But you know what? Like a lot of people just they, they get their news once and then that is their reality. But it, it, we're, we're pretty sure this turned out to be fake from Jersey Mike's. Yeah, it turned out to be fake, and uh, but, but everyone has to be ultra, uh, you know, ultra, uh, not really sensitive, but, uh, you know, just guard your brand. Yeah. Ultra security. Also, ultra security about what your what your brand is doing makes sure that no one is trying to rip it off and, and, and give yourself a bad name. Well, and to be fair, a lot of brands and the reason why this was believable is a lot of brands do appropriate cultural movements. We saw it at the beginning of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. How many different commercials? And there was this great YouTube video that showed all these companies making what was basically the same exact video with with nurses in it and somber piano together. We're stronger. All of that kind of all of that kind of messaging that it, it cheapens the the people. Right. Right. I, a lot of those messages could sort of say social, then stay within a brand, in, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it kind of cheapens it, and and again, it's just it's a wild world, wild world out there on social media sometimes, and and you just have to to, to guard against it and and make sure that that your brand is being portrayed right. Now, we are going to get down to business here and talk about job postings. But Nicole Barrett, she says, it's sad we can't trust a lot of things right now. Deep fakes are scary. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into the weeds on those yet. We haven't even seen the worst of them. And people don't check sources. They don't. They go online for validation. There's been plenty of studies on the danger and the harm that Facebook does because of the way the algorithms work. And it just gives you the the news that you want that tends to be highly political from from very specific sources and doesn't give you any counterbalance. It, it radicalizes People that would other be otherwise be quite normal. I think we've all, I don't necessarily want to say lost family members, but definitely some of us have distanced ourselves from family members because of messaging they, they put on social media. Oh, exactly right. Exactly. I, I don't get on Facebook anymore because it's just, uh, it, it's, a, it's a, a cesspool sometimes uh, of opinions. I, I almost forgot, though, but the bumper for today and bad marketing yeah. is almost as good as your bumper or your intro music for your, what was it, the podcast, Snack Food Reviews? Oh, Snack Masters Incorporated. You'll yeah, Snack Masters Incorporated. The- that was a great, uh, go ahead. Uh, you will be snacking it. with the, no, I'll, I'll play this song. Maybe I'll play this song next week. Uh, maybe I'll use that as my bad marketing bumper. Uh, by the way, Nicole Barrett, so she is going to be on this show next week. We had her at the start of her journey. She's doing Freight by Nicole. We found out she lost a job and she's starting Freight by Nicole. We had her on the show to start to talk to her about starting a business. Now she's getting ready to launch it and put it out into motion. And we will be talking to her next week. And we're also going to be talking to one other person, I believe. Michael Neme, tell me a little bit about what he posted this morning. Yeah, so I, I got up this morning, checked LinkedIn, and he is calling out a challenge or a contest, uh, all for charity, $100 entry fee, and it's all about cold calls. Who can make the best cold calls or appointments? I don't think the rules are really set out yet, uh, but he's going to have a contest, and you know the winner of that contest will take that pool of $100 entry fees and donate it, donate it to the charity of their choice, the, the winner's choice. So we'll have him on, and we'll flesh out the details of that. I'm going to talk to him a little bit later this afternoon and, uh, and, and get some of the rules and, and guidelines. I don't think uh, he set a up that far in advance yet. I think he just had the idea yesterday, but it's a fantastic idea. And we certainly support that. So we're going to promote that for him and uh, get some some money raised for charity and help him, you know, construct the the, the actual rules and regulations and, and who the winner, you know, what, what rules the, the winner will have. Yeah. So you out there, if you have ideas like that too, don't, don't hesitate to approach us. We, we love to highlight the community and especially what our, our Glenn Gary, the people on that Glenn Gary leads list, what you folks are doing out there. So don't be shy to reach out to myself or Kevin Hill. Let's talk about jobs now though. So when you're looking for a new job, the, there's a lot of white noise, right? And there's a lot of red flags to look out for. I remember when I was looking for, a marketing job in supply chain. I had done sales. I was looking to switch over to marketing. The first thing I learned is that most marketing jobs are actually sales jobs. Like, And, and there's a lot of wording to look out for. And these are words to look out for for sales because they're bad jobs either way. But they'll have things in them, right? Like, like immediate hire, work with big accounts, super discriminating, right? We will train. Mm-hmm. I mean, companies should. I know a lot don't. Uh, what else does it say? Fresh talent needed. That that Those are signaling words to, to people leaving high school, people leaving college, entry-level marketing, start your career in marketing, commissions only. Some of the worst is get rich drop shipping. Really? How am I going to get rich drop shipping, Kevin? 
I, very few people do, but uh, it's I, I, I do kind of like drop shipping, but you don't want to take a job drop drop shipping. Uh, <laughs> but the marketing jobs are are always the are, are entry level marketing jobs. They're sales jobs, and they're usually door to door sales jobs, or you go to a store. Uh, and and you're standing in line or standing maybe outside of a store, uh, signing people up, and they call that marketing. Here's some more. Unlimited earnings potential, no trading. We said that. Beware of low commission caps. Choose your own hours. Super big lie. You're, how can you choose your own hours, right? I mean, I know you can, but you're you're really not going to be working part time, making ninety thousand dollars a year, choosing your own hours. That's not really how the world works, especially when you're starting out in an entry level position in some field you know nothing about. Like that, it just doesn't jive that way. It's I guess it's a nice sell, but the marketing you have to realize is in the job posting, not in the job you get. It's exactly right. So, so make your own hours is, is especially entry level or if you don't have a book of business that, that you're taking somewhere, uh, you know, make your own hours. All these are, are big red flags. Uh, no co-calling is, is another huge red flag as well, uh, because you also have, you know, if you're entry level, you have to hustle and grind. You have to hustle and grind all the way up to where you can work your own hours. Working your own hours in a commission-only job uh, means probably like 12, 15 hours a day if you want to make any money. Another one to be another one that lure that that looks good at first is beware of low commission caps or no commission caps. Right? No commission cap. That probably means that it's very hard to earn any commission. Another one to look out for is, or you've got to make a fade, right? You have some sort of salary-based fade to make it over. There's actually that big TQL lawsuit that's going on because they would mm-hmm. hire people at like 30000 35000 a year, but you don't start making commission until you earn the company back that thirty dollars to $35,000 a year, and those extra hours weren't taken into account. Oh, those fantastic sales draws, right? We've all seen those and, and, and been part of those sometimes. Though those draws where it's basically a loan that, that you get on a, a weekly basis and you have to make it up in commissions and, and more to, to actually get paid an uh, actual commission. So those are always tough, especially when you're starting out and you don't know, uh, you don't have a book business and you're just out prospecting. You don't know anything about the industry, probably. Uh, the, the products uh, oftentimes on these jobs are, uh, you know, uh, not great to uh, maybe a scam. Uh, It just really depends. Now, Kevin, have you ever been in like zip recruiter hell or LinkedIn jobs hell or any of those sort of automated apps for finding jobs monster hell where it seems like you're just sending your resume off into a black hole and you never hear from anyone again, except except and I and here was one here was a comment that we got it was from Frank McCabe and he said Kevin Hill if for, he said one of the worst things for him was getting a rejection email in less than 90 seconds but the other side of that coin is the scam jobs they will get back to you within like 90 seconds to a couple of hours because yes. they're, again they're not very discriminating they're look it's a burn and churn type of job where they're looking to just to just bring you in and do some sort of hellhole type of sales or marketing position you're exactly right. it's just if you have a heartbeat Reminds me of the episode in the office where Michael Scott takes a, a second job at the telemarketing place and he goes in to quit and he thinks it's going to be dramatic. And the guy goes, OK, well, you can come back anytime you want to. Yeah, uh, they just need someone on the phone. As long as you're on the phone, it doesn't matter. They'll rehire you. Uh, they're always looking for people because it is churn and burn. 
So I was so desperate in in 2017 to make some more income when I first started out podcasting. Like I was doing some ghostwriting and stuff, but I was only making like a thousand dollars a week. So I, I had to go out and I was like, I need another job. So uh, I was like, if I can get a marketing job, maybe that will get me even further down the road on where I want to be. So I go to this interview at this company in Rhode Island. And uh, it seemed a little sketch, but desperation is rosy glasses, right? So they, they call me, they, they tell me to come back doing in-person with someone in there. They're like, you're just going to shadow one of our workers and see what they do. And I'm like, okay, great. Now this is seeming a little bit more legit. So what happens is I come back for the interview and the girl's like, okay, now we're going to my car. I get in her car and she's driving for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, what, what are we doing? She never once mentions where we're going. She's like, we're going to the work site. I'm like, well, where's the work site? She's like, oh, it's where we work. Like, no, duh. But like, wh- what is it exactly? <laughs> well, I realized exactly why she didn't tell me that when we pull into the Walmart parking lot. We get out of the car and I'm like, are you, do you need supplies or something? She still won't tell me what's going on, though. She's like, yeah, we go in here. I'll show you what's up. We go to the back of the store and she's and there's this like Verizon booth. And, and she's like, OK, this is a job. I'm like, what is the job? She's like, yeah, you stand here and you, you just solicit people walking by. You do like IRL cold calling of people walking by and harass them into switching for Verizon. And I, I immediately told her, I was like, this sounds terrible. This sounds awful. And she's like, you know what, though? You know what, though? All you got to do is recruit other people, recruit other people, right? Then they earn the money for you and you open your own business with this company and you have your own business recruiting people to stand in Walmart and sell Verizon. I was like, take me home right now. Get me the hell out of here. What is this pyramid marketing BS, man? It's multi-level marketing. It's not sales. It's no. multi-level marketing. You just find other people to do your work for you, and you take a residual off of that, right? Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, I've been to, you know, when I moved to New York, I, I moved to New York without a job and I went on every single one of these red flags and th- there were some interesting ones. So the one I showed up in doing mortgage sales over the phone to pe- only people with sub 500 credit scores, right? It's at the height of the, the, the housing, housing bubble. And the, this guy didn't mean to interview me. He was more concerned because Bruce Springsteen tickets went on sale that morning about the time I showed up at his office. And that's all he could talk to me about. Did you and tell that's him? All he, was, he was just trying to score those tickets. He was just logging in, logging in. This, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So uh, in the <laughs> early days of the Internet and, and buying tickets online. And that's all. He, and he's like, yeah, come back tomorrow and just start. Did you or did you look at the door and tell him that you were born to run? I, I did. After about the fifth one of those, I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Well, I can't, I, I can't take, a, take a train over Jersey, take a transfer for a, a marketing job that was, uh, what's I mean, cold calling? It was, it was, you know, selling water coolers or something. I, I don't know. Oh, my God. Nicole Barrett, I've been there with you. So she says Affleck was the most leading job I ever applied for. Yes. My first mm. job when I left the music industry was working as a waiter. But then after that, my uh, I was 24. My dad's like, you need to get like some sort of real job. So and he'd been in so I went and I got my life agent license in California and this was like a two, three week process. And then I go to, mm-hmm. to Affleck and I find out, first of all, you don't get paid at all, but then you have to like get into companies and convince their people to buy supplemental insurance. And there's, there's not much training and it, nobody wants to buy this stuff from you. It's one of those jobs where you're just a gigantic pest. It is. And if you go in for a job, uh, you know, expect this. If, if they ask you to list down a hundred friends and family, 
members. <laughs> yes, it's, it's 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 probably going to be a rough, rough time at it. it. It sure is, man. So here's some things to do when you when you're looking for jobs, and I know this can be super tough, especially when you're on ZipRecruiter. Uh, one things you want to make sure. So you're targeting the companies. You're seeing some things. Like the only thing ZipRecruiter is good for is is throwing hail marys. But if you see jobs in there that you like, mm-hmm. my first advice is to do a few things. The first one is to uh, Google them. First of all, look the, look up the reviews on Glassdoor, and I know Glassdoor can be a little bit jaded, especially if there's not many that review small sample size. People tend to review things when they're upset and they got let go. However, however, you can actually tell the bad ones by the fake marketing reviews that their company puts in there. Because if they're astroturfing their glass door, there's probably a pretty good chance it's not that great of a company. And they're worried about negative reviews rolling in from employees. It is. Is your strategy to to do that before you send out your resume? I would, so on, on, if you're doing the zip recruiter, who cares, man? Just inundate that I know, system. That's what I was about to say, yeah. Big waste of time. Like, if, like, like, yeah, it's like co-calling and prospecting. You, know, you send out as many resumes as possible, and the ones that actually want to interview, then you start looking around and, and trying to figure out if it's worth your time or not. Matt Hennig says, doing her good thing she didn't offer you something to drink. Nothing like roof light to get you in the mood to hound people to... <laughs> to pay for go phone so they they give you like roofies what is a roof light i don't know what that means <laughs> no. i don't know if that would work if i'm asleep in walmart get a walmart from you're not going to recruit other people to to to, to switch for or to, to harass people if you're if you're asleep yeah so the other so all right you look up the reviews on glassdoor look them up on linkedin figure out who a principal is there because for me my last four jobs have all come via linkedin and they've come directly from ceos of companies They've I've I've either reached out to them or they have reached out to me and they've got me through. I have never uh, mm-hmm. it's been over a decade since I've made it through like an HR process of sending an unsolicited resume to someone and got a job. And I don't know how many of you out there, how many of you got jobs just sending resumes out there in the comments? Let us know. I'm super curious because I have rarely had that ever work for me. Has it worked for you? No, not really. I mean, there's a lemon law in, in economics and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's it. You can describe the used car market like that. So all the the used cars that you find in the paper or on a lot are the worst of the used cars because if you have a really good used car, you're going to sell it to a friend or a family member. But if it's not really a good used car, you're not going to sell it to your friends and family. You're going to sell it to a dealer, right? So the same thing can be said. uh, I I, I say this on load boards as as well a little bit. You know, the the, the loads that that hit the load boards are kind of like – the women's right because if it's a good load you're going to have a good carrier already set in place and the same thing with the job market right you know, if, if you're going out after after the advertised jobs out there they're the lemons of the advertised world the, the best jobs come from friends family network people that you know on linkedin uh people that you know clients clients are always a, a good good way to, to to land a job so always be working that network because that's where the good jobs are they never make it out and publicized so, or advertised. A couple of comments. Nicole Barrett says, me, that's how I entered freight. But hold on a second. Then she says, I also had an inside referral, so maybe that doesn't count. Yeah, I wouldn't count that one, Nicole. Lisa Petty, she says, that's actually how I got into freight. Had my resume posted on monster.com. And the local manager called me. So there's one vote for that. Trey Griggs says, I've only successfully got two jobs by applying. And one knew me, so that doesn't really count. And I'm not sure about the other one. I'm guessing that would imply that they didn't. Ryan Schreiber, though, he's kind of got a spoiler alert on why we picked this topic. He says, I've never gotten a job without taking a sales approach. And I agree. I think the same fundamentals mm-hmm. for finding a good lead or, yeah. or developing a good lead are the same ones that you would use when interviewing and finding jobs. It is exactly right. Prospecting is prospecting. So if you're looking for a job, you got to prospect. you got to prospect the right way. And then once you get in the door... 
well, you got to get into the door, right? Uh, but but once you're you're in the office, you got to be in a, a closing mentality. You're selling yourself. You're selling your service. You're selling uh, why they should pick you, what you can do for them. Not your goals, but their goals. Here's some other things to look out for, too. Like another big term that is absolute is you'll receive qualified leads. Why the hell would you, the new person, receive qualified leads? Who is going to give you the Glengarry leads? Who do you think you are that you're getting the Glengarry's? Why wouldn't somebody else within that company stop that? Why wouldn't the, the manager above you or some other salesperson be like, hey, I have seniority. Give me these qualified leads. You know what, know what leads you're getting? You're getting the leads that have been around the block 10,000 times and everybody who they brought in is new has dialed through. Those leads are crap. Yes, they are. You're never going to get the good leads, the Glengarry leads, uh, the minute you walk in the door. So it's going to be the crap leads that get passed around the office usually. And when they say no cold calling or we provide you with leads, I mean, that's a, a huge red flag as well. You know, uh, you know, cold calling, you know, what's your definition of cold calling? Because everyone has their own definition that have warm leads and cold leads and and simmering leads. But you know what? It's all a sales call. If you don't know the person that you're calling, to me, that's a cold call, whether they, they know me or whether they know the company, uh, because that's really only differentiated. Maybe they, they're old clients that know the company and they call them warm leads. Well, they don't know you. So, <laughs> you know, the difference between that and just, you know, picking people out of a phone book is, is, is really minor. Yeah, as warm as a body in December in the Yukon Territory, those leads are. John Baglino <laughs> said, uh, it's only happened once where I got a job after submitting a resume only. Yeah, it's the hardest approach to take is just submitting resumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of times when you just submit resumes, it's it's bad for the interviewer, too, because those are usually the worst research ones, like those ones that, that are in ZipRecruiter. And look, I've researched companies and got those jobs, reached out to the CEOs, but I've also been on the interviews where I did just spray and pray on ZipRecruiter. And uh, those are the least valuable ones. I wasted my time. I wasted the interview time. I know internally now we are in positions where we interview people for jobs. We have people come in and they don't know what the company is or what we do. And uh, that's from the interviewer's perspective, that's offensive. So you better, you better do enough research to at least BS that interviewer a little bit. You don't have to know everything, but at least like quote something, especially if we're like a media company, it's not that hard to figure out what we do (laughs) and to pick out like, Hey, I like, Hey Kevin, I like your show. Put that coffee down. Or I watched the midday market update or wow, I really want to be involved in the research. Like how how hard is that? It's not hard, especially for a media company. I've been hearing a few horror stories from Emily lately about uh, jumping on the phone with people who have applied for positions here who have done no research whatsoever. So I, I, I know that pain that is out there, but it's just like a sales call. I mean, find out something about that company. You know, uh, you know. I know some companies, it's hard to get really any detailed information, but that, that's fine too. Just say, Hey, I was going through your website and I, I saw this and you know, do you guys in, at least are really good questions, really good open-ended discovery questions because you need to know a lot about that company too. Uh, because it's a, it's a two way street. There's a lot of companies out there that, uh, as I, I know all our, our viewers have probably been parts of, of some of those companies that, uh, aren't the, the best places to work. They don't have the best culture, the, not the most honest, uh, integrity is low. So you need to weed out those companies as well, because you might get a paycheck, but it's not going to last very long if you get in a bad situation. Let's prank call Ryan Schreiber. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 
Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Oh, wow. I'm so inspired to talk to Ryan Schreiber from Carrier Direct. What's up, my man? Oh, I'm here. You know, <laughs> I'm doing a juice cleanse. That's what's up. So, are you really? Do if those... you ever wanted to know what hungry really feels like, be 300 pounds and try a juice cleanse. Now, do you get, um, do you get, uh, how do I say this politely? Do you get diarrhea when you start doing that? Uh, I, I personally have not. <laughs> this, this could go weird really quickly. Okay. All right. I was just curious. <laughs> you already have. Huh? All right. I mean, look, I'm in uh, quarantine. I'm so. a very scientific I'm a very scientific person, so how I'm dealing with that problem, I'm taking a very scientific approach. <laughs> okay. All right, Ryan Schreiber, you are director of engagement. We'll talk that one offline, dude. How about that? We will. We'll, okay, yeah, just tell me the pratfalls of it. But uh, we, you are director of engagement or equivalent at Carrier Direct. You know what was a big trend a couple of months ago? People saying, and I don't know if I believe all them, but they were saying they were on 21-day fast, like they were just on water. Yeah. Was it? Didn't you had you had um, – uh, you had Chad Boblet talking about his fast on one of the shows. I remember, right? <laughs> I mean, that's. Just... A, I mean, they have to eat something. They would literally, like, literally, you would die. So maybe I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't ever dig into it, but I remember him talking about it and how great it made him feel. I will say it's a four day fast. I feel pretty good. I mean, I feel that way. Hungry. You so, but you get calories from the juice, and you get like, do you take a multivitamin too? Oh, they're all like uh, no. Uh, they're all you know. They're they're all like vegetable juices and there's like five of them in the day and and you drink them throughout the day actually you know it, 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 it's nice it keeps hunger at bay because i'm constantly sipping on them so like you know it almost feels like i'm eating all day hmm. not not quite yeah. but almost all right hey uh, elevator pitch time right kevin Yes, elevator pitch, Ryan. Oh, I mean, I messed up my I messed up my last elevator pitch, so I got to get in the right mood. Okay. Right mentality. Yeah, don't yep. mess with this one out. All right, hop on the elevator with us right now. Hey guys, I'm Ryan Schreiber. I'm the director of engagement with TerraDirect. TerraDirect's a technology delivery and management consulting firm, works exclusively in freight and transportation, which means our customers basically fall into three buckets: shippers, transportation providers. And then technology companies that serve the same space. And, uh, you know, our, our customers range anywhere from uh, Corteva, which is a large agri-science business, to FedEx Freight, um, FedEx Custom Critical, J.B. Hunt, Werner, um, companies like that. And then uh, Project 44. Uh, yeah. Are you going to end it? Oh, you did it. What do you think, Kevin? Rate it. I think it was, it was much better than the last time. I, I think he's improved <laughs> well, his yeah, game a little bit. I uh, I, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say maybe a 6. Six you know, seven. I'm a pretty wordy guy. You guys have dealt with me before. I, I, I know. You. Yeah, you're very wordy. <laughs> I need to read your book. I need to read that 30 seconds book. I haven't read it yet. Matt Henning says, uh, you know what? Matt Henning says we just turned put the that book co- I'm giving away this week. What is it? Oh, how to make your point in 30 seconds or less. Okay. The 30 second man, Kevin. Well, Hill. Maybe I'll, hopefully I'll win the book and the hat. Uh, the, well, I, you maybe know, you you're, no, you're disqualified from winning the hat because you're on the show. Oh, shit. You'll have I'm to wait. Share the, the post, and I can win the hat. Well, I already knew I was going to be on the show. I know, but we, we, when we print <laughs> out the real production run, this is the prototype. This is a super special, one of a kind hat. Not and, and if we don't get to wear it, you don't get to wear it either. All right, that's fair. Okay, all right, I can, I can, I can live with that. Kevin, this t- is a little bit of false. This is a little bit of false advertising, like some of those job postings you were just talking about. But you know, I, whatever, I'll go with it. So we shared our worst, uh, our worst job interview experience. Can you share yours with us? Oh man. So I, uh, I had just, so I got, you know, I got out of, uh, I went to law school, which, which most folks who listen to these shows know. And uh, I was, it was the recession and, and I just started working at Echo and I finally got, 
know, it's the only time I think in my whole career I've gotten a job interview from like a, you know, a job, like a posting um, that went into like a black box. And I interviewed with this law firm uh, here in Chicago that um, did family law. And, uh, and it, like, it was, it was such a train wreck. I mean, it, it, it was like one partner and then a bunch of associates and, and they, you know, talked about how you're going to work set, you know, you don't get any vacation time for your first nine months. You work six days a week and we get into it. And I like, I want this interview to be over and we're an hour and a half in. And the guy goes, if you get a job offer after you've been working here, would you consider it like a different job offer? And I was like, I mean, yeah, of course I have to consider it. Like, I don't know you and I don't know, like, I don't know you're, you're telling me all these things and I trust you, but like, who's going to say yes? Who's going to say, nah, no, man, I'm in this for life. When I just got out of school, I just met you and I, you just told me there's no partner track. So it was really weird and just really aggressive. And, um, I just wanted it to be over. And then it just, and then it ended like in three seconds after I was like, all right, thanks for coming. And, like turns to his HR guy and it's like, ask this question next time in the phone screen. I was like, all right, whatever. Goodbye. <laughs> hey Ryan, what do you think is, uh, what do you think would be more stressful, a family law attorney or a freight broker? Uh, different types of stress. Cause I did do a little bit of family law, different, different types of stress. You know, freight brokerage is this like constant dread of, uh, you know, the next phone call being just somebody telling you that it's, so, you know, it's, it's just terrible news. It's going to mess up your day. You know, family law is, is the kind of stress and pressure that if you're, an, if, you're, if you're a caring person, an emotional person, I mean, you're trying to, you're really trying to help people navigate some of the worst, you know, worst times of their life, whether it be divorce or child custody or stuff like that. So different types of stress. Got real here in a hurry there, Kevin, with that question. Kevin, I know. Kevin, uh, I know. a couple people in the comments, uh, Trey Griggs is saying he wouldn't want to be known as the 32nd man. And Scott Watanabe <laughs> says, ha ha, right? And then some people were just talking about how they're, they're sharing stories about how they'd also interviewed people and the person seemed to have no awareness of, of what the job or, or what the gig is. Ryan, I know you are. You're in the process of trying to build a team. So what makes a good job posting to lure in, in good candidates? And, and what makes a good interviewee? You know, what's interesting is that you have, like, from a job posting perspective, you want to walk a line. And we, we talk a lot of times with our customers about, you know, a lot of the job postings that you guys just talked about, no cold calling, uh, you know, kind of false promises. Do you really, if you're trying to build a sales organization, do you really want the people who are going to apply to that job? If you're the person looking at that job posting, shouldn't you ask, you should, you know, you want to ask yourself that question. Hey, if this is all true, what, what's the other side of this? So, you know, a good job posting is one, in my opinion, that, that is honest and truthful, obviously, gives people as much of a sense as they can about what the job's going to be. But also, I mean, differentiation is a huge word. Like, what, what's in it for me, the employee? Why should I apply to this job at your company? What's the adventure you're going to take me on? Uh, but also not being too hokey. Yeah, these uh, these job postings, it, it kind of screams like we want people who are lazy, who are who only want to, to take shortcuts, who don't want to put in any hard work. And that's what, who you're going to attract. So it's a, exactly. a double edged sword on that. Uh, my pet peeve with, with all job postings really is uh, there's two to this. They're, they're way too long. 
you know, I mean, we want someone who's who's hardworking or, or something. Of, of course you do. I mean, why, why do you have to, have to write mm-hmm. a paragraph about that? And also all the jargon, you know, especially in, in really industry yep. specific ones and, and kind of the HR language of a very business jargonly. Uh, so they're long and hard to read. And who has time for that? I certainly don't. I just throw out a resume. Yeah, the most important things are like, what are you looking, you know, what what are you looking for from an experience perspective? Who are you in the company? And then a little bit about what to expect from the job, Kevin. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark Hurwitz, yeah. he's got a great story. He says, I hired thousands of kids in Chicago to work for 3PLs for over 10 years. Best story is a kid from IU went through one month of training. First day on the phone with carriers, he quit and said, we are all nuts. I had a, Mark, I had a similar experience at FedEx Trade Networks. I started it with two other people at the same time. Myself and this other guy, I think the other guy might still be there, but we we lasted a while. I was there for seven years, but the, the, the one lady who was with us, she went out to lunch and uh, she called in and said she got sick at lunch. <laughs> then she called in this was a friday she called in sick on monday on tuesday on wednesday called in and then by thursday she just stopped calling in sick and i she just did not come anymore i had somebody show for an interview one time they were interviewing with me shows up uh uh, 17 minutes late to the interview was wearing khaki shorts and a white t-shirt and when i sat him down first thing i say hey can i get you anything the guy goes can i get a beer uh, it was, sure, it was a Friday afternoon and it's a great brokerage, but like, maybe you shouldn't be asking that in a job interview. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Some things that you should ask, the things to ask in a job interview, I think some good questions are, what is it? What is success? I mean, we're talking about sales here. What is success? How does the company define it? How much revenue are you supposed to write quarterly or yearly might be important? Does any part of your job involve recruiting team members? Because it probably shouldn't if you're an entry-level salesperson, right? Unless you're in a, a multi-level marketing scheme. And uh, if the if the job involves sales, how are the leads generated? And if it says the leads, you don't have to go out and get your own leads or cold call. You might be standing in a Walmart passing out Verizon. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think that, uh, Kevin, you brought up the point earlier about asking asking questions as part of your discovery process. I think questions is the most important part of the interview, uh, most important part of the interview, uh, if you're the interviewee. And it's because it's your chance to get a sense of the company, and it should be a bi-directional fit. I, the best question anyone ever asked me in an interview, and every single time in an interview, I tell the interviewee they should ask this question if they don't on their own which is why should I not take this job? And anybody who's any company who's going to take that offensively is not one that you want to work for anyway, right? Because it mm-hmm. should be a two-way fit. They're asking you what's your weakness and you know why shouldn't we hire you? You should have the chance to ask the same question and you should. You definitely should. You definitely should. That's a really good question to ask. I always, a recruiter once told me 12, 15 years ago when I was in New York, you know, he was like, I tell all my, all my interviewees here, you always have to ask this question before you leave, you know, and that's, you know, uh, you know, are there any objections to, to how you'd see me fitting in with this role? And it's, it's basically a closing cl- question yeah. for yourself. You're, 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 that's you're getting one. out any, any objections that they might have that you might not get a chance to address ever again. Yeah, Kevin, I used to like this, you know, hiring entry level salespeople, you know, uh, I wouldn't do this as much, but if I was ever hiring experienced salespeople, I would tell them at the end of the interview, as the interviewer, you know what? I'm just not sure there's a fit. And if they said, okay, hey, thanks, like, nice to meet you and go on mm-hmm. their merry way, probably wasn't going to work out, right? But if they said, hey, let, let me ask why, 
you know, what, what are some of the things that I mm-hmm. said today that made you think it's not a fit? That was a good sign that maybe that they, that, that they, they might have some success. Hey, at least they showed up, though. Chris Jolly in the comments, he says he had someone show up late for an interview and blame Daylight Savings Time two months after it happened. Abolish Daylight Savings Time. <laughs> Take the excuses away from these, these low-effort sales reps. But, uh, you know, you made a great point about the low-effort job posting, too. Who are you trying to attract? And as you get sort of wiser to these things, you get to see sort of the tricks. But they, they prey on people who aren't wise to these tricks and aren't wise to the signaling. They prey on people who are quite often very desperate and looking for their first entrant into the field. And that's usually where a lot of these scams and the MLMs are hidden, especially the no salary jobs or the ones that are like, you can make $90,000 a year, you know, working part time on the beach, selling software that doesn't even cost money. Like, how does that work? It, it, do- it doesn't. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> so I didn't spoiler alert earlier. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything faces trade off you have to like you, 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 there's absolutely no way, uh, you know, another office, uh, another office example. Yeah, we can all get rich quickly, right? I mean, no, you, you can't. Um, you have to put in the hard work. You have to work, right? And and that, that's, just a, that's just a part of doing business. Hey, yeah, what? and if we pivot, we, if we pivot over to, to more, you know, mainstream jobs, you know, freight brokerage, uh, a couple, couple of the red flags I know and Dooner has on the sheet as, as well, too, are if they can't define the sales process and what it takes to, to be successful, then it's probably not going to be a good fit. And also, if they can't explain the commission structure in 20 seconds or less, then that's a huge red flag. And I, I've been in interviews where they can't explain the commission structure they can they'll have a target of say 50,000 right and you know how many people actually reach that target in the office and you know and that t- turns into a two day conversation of going back and forth of of kind of what um, what they would expect in 6 months or a year I, that's this is probably not a, a good stable place to work Nicole Barrett, she says, Nicole Barrett says with how expensive it is to onboard people, too, you would think that they would be more selective and more involved in this process. But I think we've all seen, especially, I mean, salespeople are just there. There's a lot of salespeople who don't last a year in a role, right? Nine months to to a year. And if you go through LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of people at sales jobs are where they washed out. And a lot of times it's not their fault. I mean, it's very difficult to build a, a book of business within a year and expecting that of someone is is quite unfair. You know, it, it, that's hard especially to do with little training. Especially with little training, little onboarding to Nicole's point, it's absolutely and, and without the right, uh, you know, incentive structure and operating model, we do a ton of work with Carrier Direct around compensation. I have three projects going on right now that are all around building compensation. And the number one thing that we see every single time is that it's too complicated. Like that, that, that mm-hmm. I, I can tell you it, you know, almost every single time if somebody's talking to me about comp, it's because their program is too compensated. But, or complicated, but ever you know, to your point, Junior, it also goes down to training. Like, how are you enabling these people to be successful? If you just drop a phone book in front of them, and uh, you know, in old school terms, drop a phone book in front of them and say, "Go build a book of business in nine months." It's a recipe for if you if you win if if you're successful, it's just luck. Well, the other one too, Ryan, is there'll be a lot of interviews, and they'll go, "Well, how big is your book of business?" And it's like. 
I'm mm-hmm. in a state where every single 3PL has a non-compete clause. So I, even if I had a book of business, I can't really legally bring you that book of business. But if you think that I'm a good salesperson, perhaps I could build one for your company. And you have to understand at the rates of these companies, like how arrogant do you have to be to offer like $50,000 or $30,000 for a job and expect someone to have some robust book of business? Like why the hell would they be at your door if they had a robust book of business <laughs> in the first place? If you're not paying high, if you're not high, paying a high variable comp, some of the best salespeople that I know actually prefer a lower base salary because their variable percentage is much higher. Mm-hmm. Right? One of the best one of the best guys that I worked with at Echo, he's now in another brokerage. He's 15 years into his career. I talk to him every so often. His base salary is still 45k. But he's making 350 or $400,000 a year because he doesn't give a sh- he doesn't care what his base salary is. His variable comp more than makes up for that. So, you know, that's all where it comes down to Kevin to your point about being able to explain the compensation program quickly and effectively hey your base is 50 we're going to give you a variable permission a variable commission that's x and it's uncapped do the math mm-hmm. hey let's uh, should be very simple let's jump into it, the it should, yeah go ahead let's jump into the survey kevin let's see what we got going yeah. on over here we ask uh, as we usually do on here we ask the the put that coffee down community to answer some survey questions every week there's an infographic out on thursdays this week we we're talking about the job search and what people do the first one was how much time do most interviewees spend researching a company before an interview and 40 percent said more than 30 plus minutes and i think that might be skewed because we have a uh, well-trained community over here kevin right let's toot our own horn on that one um most yeah. be, only 5% said five minutes or less. And I think that, I don't know. I don't know if these results are completely true. What do you think, uh, Ryan? I don't spend a ton of time researching either customers or when I've interviewed in the past. And that's one of the ways that Kevin and I maybe just differ a little bit. I do some research. Mm. But to me, it's an opportunity to get the other person talking. If I spend my time doing research or spending my time actually engaging the person, and trying to show them what I know versus getting them to talk, um, that to me is a missed opportunity. So I will do some research. I mean, half an hour seems about right. That's that's pretty minimal surface-level research. But I'm going to go in and be ready to get them talking and ask questions that give me information. It doesn't really benefit me to reference what says on their website. It benefits me to reference things that they've said in the conversation. Hey, Sally... I totally agree with that point. When earlier you said A, B, and C, it really resonated with me. Here's how I think about that. That's how you really build rapport with people, in my opinion. So I skew lower, I would say. Well, you can. I, I, agree. I, I agree with Ryan. I, I, I don't think you need to do a ton of research. Do enough research to where you can have four or five good scripted questions that, that you can ask the interviewer and uh, build rapport that way, just like Ryan was saying. Uh, to, to know or, or to be a, a know-it-all and, and, and come in and, and try to dump a lot of facts and figures about the company, uh, you don't really build very good rapport with that. But if you can <laughs> just do enough research where you get five really good questions that, that you're really interested in knowing, uh, it, it'll, it'll drive the conversation. Yeah, I mean, even something simple like – I saw your company at an event. You guys had a great booth. Yeah. I love the way you present it. And I think that the way the tools that you give your salespeople are something that I would embrace and could really lead to success. I don't, but you don't have to go into, uh, you know, you don't have to bring up their earnings report or their S1 filing or any of that, that yeah. garbage, yeah. right? Um, uh, you, you'd rather do compliments. Yeah. 
everyone loves compliments. So you compliment the com- company in any way you can and ask drive questions off that. That's a lovely vest, Kevin. What is the what is the sh- is. what is the shadiest phrase in a job posting? There's uh, there's several here we had on the list. It was uh, unlimited earnings potential. That was number one. And then in order, it was we'll do the work for you. Just refer your friends and family. Guaranteed leads. Make X money working part time. Choose your own hours. Uh, which one of those would be the? I mean, they're all red flags, but which one would be the biggest one to you, Ryan? Oh man, probably the part time work. Yeah, it just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, nothing's part time. It's just mathematically. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kevin, you you're concurring? Well, I, I just refer your friends and family. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is the shadiest thing. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, it's just it's like I, I'm going to go sell my friends and family, and that's that's the best leads that you can give me, or, or people I've known all my life. Well, you ever see anyone on Facebook get into Herbalife? Like they'll they'll start posting their fitness journey all the time, and also be like. Mm-hmm. At first, though, they won't be super aggressive. They'll be like, hey, you know, like, try these supplements I'm doing. Look, I've lost 10 pounds, you know, being on the juice diet. You know, if Ryan here was trying to sell his uh, juice on uh, on Facebook or the Internet, we might encounter that. But you got to be careful when people fall into those MLM traps. You ever see anyone get get interrupted by one of those, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, who who hasn't? Right? Like last year, it was, the, it was all the rage, I feel like. Um, my, I have a cousin who's in college who just started Cutco yesterday. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's another good example of that. And he, he, one of their recruiters texted me and I'm like, I said, Sam, why is this recruiter texting me? He's like, I don't know, man. They asked me to refer, they asked me for a hundred people who might be able to do referrals for Cutco. I'm like, buddy, I'm good. I'm 36 years old. I have a full-time job. Nerfad, 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 can you, um, I need to know exactly how to pronounce your name. It's Nerfad Nadur, Nadurovic. He says, free leads lie. No cold calls lie. Make $500,000 in six months lie. That's why you should come work for me. Plenty of cold calls, lots of problems, lots of angry people. We promise nothing, only a position for you to start from rock bottom. Hey, I like the honesty. I'd rather work for an honest boss than a boss. Uh, I like that job job advertisement. I, I think that could actually work. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, you're going to get a shot. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not making you buy anything. You don't have to buy any uh, supplements and sell them to people. Uh, also, there's people in the, the comments here arguing about uh, Cutco knives. Like they're talking about how it's a bad MLM. But <laughs> one guy is like, yeah, but they cut well. I can cut through a, a tin can or a, a pipe with the uh, the Ginsu knife. Nick, he, da- Nick Dangle says. He's always going to try and set everybody for appointments. Don't listen to that guy. Block I, him. Yeah, there's an MLM. Get him blocked. Block him, Emily. There's block an MLMer him. in the comments. Look out for him. Nick Dangle says, hiring for prior book of business iffy on both sides you never really know what the retention rate is going to look like and there's and that's usually lower than both sides expect yeah i mean expecting a book to come over especially in this day and age with non-competes mm-hmm. and everything can be really dangerous and you can be putting yourself and the employee in a bad position yeah uh, it, it goes into investing in your employees like tra- you know what train people don't necessarily rely on what they've done in the past Let's um let's end on uh w- let's see here what what should we do for our last one because we're running out of time what about how about getting the the job let's see here what is did I delete this one off here 
Finding finding the job. What's Peter, the best? I've never seen you struggle this much. Come on, I know, no. Guy, okay, how have you had your? Right? How have you this had is your live be- television, Dooner? How ha- live? People I know. Are my slide got moved, man. How have you <laughs> had the best luck finding a job? Uh, via connecting on LinkedIn for me, that's worked best. And and I think for those of you in the comments, connecting with one another, connecting through us is probably the best way for you to find your next sales job. That's not tuning our horn. Just leverage your network. It doesn't necessarily have to be our network, but whatever network you have on LinkedIn, that's a great way to do it. The twenty percent was via connect in real life, friends or family, 15%. Using an app like ZipRecruiter, 15%. I didn't think it worked at all. Some people have made it work. Uh, Getting off your butt and banging on doors, demanding to ask the CEO for a job. We've all had our dads tell us to do that one. Um, Someone said that worked, though. 5% of people said that that actually did work. Getting off your butt. I've done that. It didn't work for me. It didn't? What did they do? They just call the uh, security on you? Yeah, they just, like, just told me to leave. Although it was the Great Recession, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it might have been just the way you look, too. No, I'm just kidding, right? Yeah, that's true. It's the beard and yeah. the fat. Well, you're on the juice diet now, Ryan. Ryan, we got uh, to let you get back to that because we have to do some shout-outs. we got to draw this hat and all that kind of stuff. But how do people reach out and learn more about Ryan Schreiber and get in your network? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to find me, for sure, or send me an email. My answer to that question was going to be to find the person's email through Google and then and then send them an email. So rschreiber at carriodirect.com or find me on LinkedIn and reach out. Um, love connecting with anybody and chatting with them. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I love, thanks, having, Ryan. I love having Ryan on. He knows how to game with us. He I, knows I how to too. ball with us, doesn't he? He does. He does. We have him on Great Quarter Guys quite a bit, too. Uh, Carrier Direct is, is a great partner for that show. So it's always fun having him and Peter, too, kind of come on the shows. Okay, now time for a few shout outs. And, and one here is a call out we're going to do this week. This is we already have a few animals. And this started by Andy Hedrick. He's the uh, he says, can my home office execs enter to win? Ha ha. He was talking about the hat, which we'll draw for in just a minute. But he's he, he, he sent us a picture of his pets. We're going to display that now. We also have our sonar sales reps, Hallie Fazio's pets. We have a, we have an image of them throwing him up. Her cat stepping all over her keyboards while she works from home. And I have my dog in a bumblebee outfit. But for you. You folks out there, we your furry coworkers, a lot of you working from home, send us pictures of your animals working from home, especially if they're disrupting uh, disrupting your workflow, but not necessarily we'll air them during. We'll do an animal shout out next week. It's the beginning of summer. We'll have a little bit of fun with that. Right, Kevin? Hey, we will. We will. Yeah. Send, that, send us your, 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 your co-work, furry coworker pictures. And uh, Matt Henning, he says this particular model of hat looks like a bit like a Baltimore Orioles Cal Ripkinish hat. It does. It does. That's why I think that's why I like this hat so much. It just has that retro feel to it. Stephen Elliott right says, there. looks like another great episode. Looking forward to checking it out. Bruno DeLillo with the first pick. Put that coffee down. Selects Kevin Hill. I think he was talking about all of those um, all of those uh, helmets behind helmets. you in your video. Yeah. Yeah. And, they- yeah. and then, then the, the, the draft picks always put on a hat of the team. And then Carter Sharp. Just like that. Carter Sharp says, thanks again for the shout out, Kevin. Love working with great companies and people. Freight waves, what the truck, put that coffee down, or class acts and and quality to work with. So let's draw for the hat. Let's let's do it right now. It is going to be. Yeah, and a shout out to Carter Sharp who who sent us this sample. So if you want promo products, go find Carter Sharp. And it was number six. The winner of the hat is Martin Mayotte. Martin Mayotte, you have won the prototype. Put that coffee down hat. What do you think? Congratulations. It'll look good. Send me your, your, yeah. Send me your address and I will send this hat to you. Okay. And now we have to draw for the book. What is the book that we are giving away this week? It is the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. 
The TEDx. It's all about massive activity. Okay, let's. Controlling the activity. We have another drawing. Look at all this stuff we're giving away today. I know. It's going to be number 50. And number 50 is, number 50, number 50 is Tim Spangler. Tim Spangler, you have won the 10X rule. Congratulations, Tim Spangler. What's next week, Kevin? Next week, digging into the old treasure chest here, talking about 30 seconds or less, how to get your point across in 30 seconds or less, 120 to 140 words, how to be concise, concrete, and sell in 30 seconds. Sell in 30 seconds. So, Kevin, let's let's wrap this up. Let's put a bow on it. Uh, oh, wait, yes. Janet Turner says, congratulations, Martin Mayo. Yeah, absolutely. Janet Turner has been working with... Uh, with uh, Nicole Barrett, brought together by the Put That Coffee Down community. Very cool to hear that. Oh, Nerfat, he's got a, he says, uh, Nader, Nader Ravik. Nader Ravik. Nader Ravik. Nader Ravik. Uh, and Hallie Fazio, if you're looking for a sonar demo, reach out to her. But Hallie Fazio says, my cats were trying to use sonar to find some near time and market intel, the catnip of the freight market. <laughs> All right, Kevin. So people out there, they're looking for a job. What should be the first thing that they should do? Uh, that they should go out and and and, and hit the hit their networks, right? Yeah. That should be the first thing because best jobs never get advertised. So hit your network where there's LinkedIn, coworkers, friends, and families, and then you know actually do what Ryan was saying too. You know, go in. So there, there's some good email finder apps. Go in, email people that that are hiring or people that can hire, and and approach them first. Maybe. Maybe you don't get a job, but maybe you get some really good, solid advice. And uh, I, I guess the last avenue would be just to, to send your resume resumes out blindly on on Monster or or, or LinkedIn or, or whatever. But whatever means necessary. You know what, too? Know what I would say? Because I see this happen a lot. People put out, hey, I'm looking for, I lost my job. You know, the COVID got mm-hmm. me. And I know a lot of people from Staples actually just lost their job. So shout out to you guys. Hopefully you land on your feet. But when when put be, don't be afraid to put yourself out there first of all do that and let your network know but if you're going to comment on it a lot of times i see kind of a low effort comment which is like uh, let me help in any way i can uh, maybe a better approach mm-hmm. and like i'm not trying to like shame anyone for doing this and i understand it's a natural thing you're, you're trying to be nice but take it one step further and let them know how they can help you like you used to work in this role i know this person maybe introduce them you don't necessarily have to do it in the comments but maybe send a message to someone say hey look i know this ex individual they're a great person unfortunately they were hit by they were hit by the pandemic their company was letting them go it was by no fault of their own what what can you do to help them? So let people know a little bit more because you got to understand when people lose a job too. Big ego blow. They might not be willing to do that second step and go, well, okay, what well, what can you do for me? It's a little bit more awkward than if you just are a little bit more proactive in helping. Yeah, and you know something else uh, that finding a job right now is the, the charity contest that, that's coming up, you know, posting those cold calls online. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's better than a resume. Chris- those are your skill sets. Chris Jolly, Freight Coach, he says, great show this week. Matt Henning says, 10X equals the hat size for me. Yeah, man, well, I got, I'm, I, I'm like on the three clasp on, uh, on a trucker hat. So I, I got like a, a seven and uh, I don't know, what's one above, like seven, seven, five Definitely or something. A, yeah, it's just massive. I saw a guy walking around, though. He like, you know, sometimes people keep the, the tag on the bill of the hat and he had a seven. And I was like, wow, that's a that's a that seems like a very small hit to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would never fit. That would never fit. Andy Hedrick, he says, yeah, networking, absolutely. Um, who else? Did we miss anyone else in the comments? If we missed you, I'm sorry. Uh, Rick Gaza says, hicks, nicks, sticks, picks. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, Sheena no, Dave. I don't uh, either. 
Nicole Barrett says, animal shout out when I'm a guest again. Amazing. Yes, Nicole, that will be your episode. So as we mentioned, the episode with Nicole Barrett and Michael Neme will be next week. We'll be talking about where she's at with her business as it just launches. Michael Neme will be talking about his cold calling challenge. This show, you can subscribe to it on Put That Coffee Down, look that up on your favorite podcast player of choice, or subscribe to Freightcast and get every single Freightways podcast, including What the Truck, including Put That Coffee Down, including Great Quarter Guys, including the Midday Market Update, including Freightonomics, which is on after us, including uh, the, the Morning Minute, the Morning Minute, shout out to Pilot Flying J, that got sponsored, baby. Boom. Think about that, Kevin. I, I think that's great. So we're going to post up and people are going to put in their comments, their, their furry co-workers this week? Yeah, just tag us. Tag us. Uh, you don't even know. Tag just us, tag okay. us. When we share the show, just tag your animal. You can send it to us on, on messaging on there. We don't care. Just send us your animals. We'll put them up online. If there's a lot of them, we'll make a really big slideshow. You can find me at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R on the LinkedIn or the Twitter. You can find Kevin Hill at Kevin Hill. And I think it's at Kevin Hill CL on the Twitter. He's been a little bit more active, right. too. A little bit more active since you got I a am. girl in I your life. I am getting more active on Twitter. I, mm-hmm. I'm building that up. I'm building up that network. And everyone have a, a great, wonderful, and safe July 4th. Yeah. Fireworks, baby. Fireworks. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> else is going distancing. on? Social distancing. Social distancing. Fire- Social distancing. Well, they're, I mean, they're up in the sky. They should be. They should be, yeah. I know. I'm off tomorrow, man. My vacation starts after the show. Awesome. <laughs> I still got some back end work to do. I got to record radio. Check out radio this weekend, by the way. Sirius XM's Road Dog Truck. Oh, that's right. 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah. Sheena Dave says she wants yeah. to see Emily's dog. So cute. Just follow her on Twitter at Emily's Inc. Take care, everybody.